fashion insider friends. What is up? This is the Fashion Crimes Podcast, where I cover all things fashion, style, shopping, style inspiration, and interview incredible small business owners who are changing the fashion industry for the better. Yes, I'm the best friend you never knew you needed and the poster child for fashion over 40. And I mean, way after 40. Say it with me. Fashion and style are your friends, not your enemies. I'm Holly Cates, your favorite personal stylist, and let's keep it real, the only Holly you need to know. Turn it up, because I got a lot to say, and I am super stoked you're here. What's up, everybody? This is your favorite personal stylist, Holly Cates, the hostess with the mostest, and as always, the only Holly you need to know. I hope everyone tuned in last week for our Fashion Crimes Podcast Holiday Gift Guide, which was amazing with all the local designers giving you the best gift giving ideas for the holiday season. Hanukkah is coinciding with Christmas this day. I mean, this year, thank God, Jesus, Allah, whatever. We all hate it when it's super early. So I don't have to do a separate gift guide. Everybody is in one gift guide. Thank God for that. So if you are new to the Fashion Crimes Podcast, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you join our insider bestie crew because all you have to do is go to the Fashion Crimes Podcast website, drop your name and email into the pop-up box, and you are going to get a free wardrobe checklist, which is the ultimate wardrobe checklist, the only wardrobe checklist you are ever going to need. Great guidelines for cleaning out your closet. If that's something that you're interested in, if you need help, please, you can always email me, DM me, send me smoke signals, what have you. But this week, we have a BFD with us. Big fucking deal. This is one of our new insider besties from the Holiday 2022 gift guide. Please welcome Kim White to the show. What's up, Kim? How's it going out there in Cali? It's awesome. It's always 70 degrees. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. So Kim White is a handbag designer. She makes handbags and belts. That was established in 2003 in LA, which became a one-of-a-kind handmade textile bag business with her actually sewing, or seriously, sewing each bag herself. Now she bloomed it into a boutique business. She's got leather belts and bags. They're all made in the USA. Woohoo! With the finest craftsmanship made by real people one by one. This is a specialty line of leather goods that are made to last with attention paid to the finest quality craftsmanship. The buckles that she uses are specialty belt buckles cast uniquely for Kim White. The craftsmanship, Avi, is key. Only gorgeous, high-quality leathers are used and styles are designed to withstand the temporal trends. I love that, Kim. I'm so excited to meet you, to know you. I am so happy that we are best friends now. Um, I want you to tell us all about your business, all about you, and how you got started. Hit it. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I was born and I was joking. <laughs> Okay, so what happened ultimately was I worked for a big fashion designer in Los Angeles for a really long time, and they were crazy. And uh, bless the heart, but you have to be crazy to start this business. Let me tell you. <laughs> but anyway, so they went out of business eventually, and I found myself out of a job. I found myself so broke, I wasn't even paid for the past three paychecks or 
hotel. Oh, no. Wallace. I was screwed. And I was in an apartment at the time. And I'm just like, what am I going to do? And, you know, I did what I know. I went to thrift stores and I went to estate sales and bought stuff I knew was worth money. And I sold it on eBay. I mean, I was one of those girls. Like right. that's, I paid my rent. And then I finally thought like, what am I going to do? You know, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do my dream. If it doesn't work, I'll just get a job. I mean, had a good resume. I can do that. And so I just started this handbag line made. Oh, and this was the thing. I knew I just couldn't use any, any fabrics. I had to do something that was different because you need a niche to get rich. And I swear to God, I'm like, okay, I have to be really unique or else this is just going to bottom out. Right. So I emailed all my friends and I said, Hey, anybody know of any like weirdo fabric? Like, because I wasn't qualified. I didn't have a leather machine. I had a fabric machine. I had to do, do fabrics. All I had. And somebody said, Hey, go check out this place down in South central Los Angeles. They're going out of business. I don't know what they have. And I'm like, all right, I jump in my truck. I go way down there in this like crappy part of LA, way, way down South. And there's this big warehouse. And I walk in and I'm like, wow, that's a lot of fabric in here. And I asked the guy, I'm like, what's this, what's the deal with this? You know, he goes, oh yeah, we're going out of business selling our inventory. I'm like, okay. And so there was all these like decorator fabrics, you know, like stuff people would use for fab for furniture. But then I'm like, what's over there? And he goes, oh, you're not interested in that. And I go, okay, but what is it? And he goes, it's, it's old automotive fabric. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, like, that's what we did. We, we, our company, we sold um, auto fabric to people that were redoing their cars because the, let's say for instance, like Ford, they don't want to be in the business of selling fabric. So what they do, they design a car that has fabric interiors and they make a boatload of that fabric and they give it to people. They sell it to people so they can be the distributor. So anyway, this guy was a big distributor. He had a big place in LA, a big place in Vegas, and he was going out of business. I'm like, okay, so what kind of cars? And he goes, oh, all American cars from the 70s and 80s. I'm like, what? And I literally couldn't believe it. And I went and looked at it. I'm like, this is my niche. This is my niche to get rich. And I started this fabric vintage car line and it killed it. It killed it. Like my first month in business, I was like on (laughs) ETV. I was on the in French Vogue, I was on, you know, all the fashion magazines back then. And this was in the early 2000s. So that's when it really mattered to have actual press. So that's my beginning story. So all of the fabric were used for interiors for cars and you were making bags and belts out of all that fabric. Only bags at first. Okay. It was made only out of vintage auto fabrics. And I, he gave me his swatch book so I can tell what fabric went into what car so I can swatch. I had a little tag that said this went into a 1983 Camaro. This wow. went into a 1980 Mustang. It was all 80s and 90s. And it was a, it was, I still have a ton of it. I still sell it. I still do it. How did you come up with the concept for each bag? Where did you get, how did you figure out the functionality of your bags? You mean like what bags I designed? Correct. Oh, just a small and a medium and a large. <laughs> So you only started with three. So you started with three. I did a small handbag and I okay. did a handbag. And, and then I sold them at a, a place in LA called the, um, what is it called? The Trading Post, Melrose Trading Post, which mm-hmm. is this like open air flea market. They have them all over the country, but like this one's really cool because it's right in the heart of down of like the cool part of LA and everybody goes. And I 
did that for a full year. I just sold my stuff at the flea market. Were you like selling out or people were like, oh my God, I've heard about you. It took a while. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God. And then, and then I learned a lot because even though my prices were so low, because I, I wanted them to be cheap. So people would like buy them. Right. Like, I think my little bags were 45. My tote bags were 75, but I got a lot of feedback and it helped me change my, just like if I went right into the mar- the wholesale market, I would have been mm-hmm. a bomb. Yeah. I need to learn from these customers to say, Hey, this, sh- this strap is too short or okay. this is this, this, um, magnetic snap is falling right through. I was using a lining that was too thin. Like I learned mm-hmm. so, so much. Thank God I spent a year selling directly to the public. And then I got into boutiques. So were you sewing each bag by hand? Yeah. Each one. So how long did each one take you to make? Uh, you know, I got pretty quick. There's only three styles. So I got really, really quick. Um, after I cut them, I think the sewing, I can kind of kick those out in about 30 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so no, and I'm better... a really fast sewer. I've, I've sewed my whole life. And you never wanted to make clothes. You just wanted to make accessories. Oh, no. I worked for a clothing company. And let me tell you, it, I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Like the fit issue. Yeah. all the stuff that could be wrong. I'm like, I don't want to return. And then yeah, yeah. belts and bags is like, you sell that. The only what reason you'll get a return is because there's a quality issue. You're not going to get a return. Like, Oh my God, like my butt doesn't look cute in this. Yep, or, yep. You know what I mean? Like there it's, it's such a, a simple business. Once you can kind of get it going. Cause once it's out the door, you never see that again. Okay. So you're selling out, you only have three styles. Mm-hmm. And then after that year, you're getting your quality control issues down. What happened the next year? Okay. The next year I thought, okay, you know, now I want to be in stores and I did something that makes me laugh to this day. So there's this one store in LA called Fred Siegel. Oh yeah, of course. It's like, it's kind of this, um, known for kind of groundbreaking designers and styles and being really ahead of the curve. Um, and a lot of styles. Yeah. Celebrities go, whatever. So I'm like, I want to be in that store and me not knowing that much about what you're supposed to do. I just took a big cart of bags and I, I went to Fred Siegel and I'm like, Hey, I want, <laughs> I want to sell these bags. Who's the buyer? How do I do it? And this, the girl goes, Oh, there's a girl over there. Oh God bless her heart. I'm still Facebook friends with her. God dang. It'll pop into my mind. But I, I, I knocked on her office door and I'm like, Hey, I have these bags made out of auto fabric. Do you want it? Can I show them to you? She's like, yeah, come on in. And like, we just Love sat it. on the floor, Indian style, went through the bag. She took them all amazing. And she sold out. And we had a relationship um, from then on where she bought a lot from me. And I was in that store for a really long time. And now she's no longer with that store. And I think that store actually kind of went out of business. It was the Santa Monica one, but that's incredible. Then I actually started doing trade shows. And that was a huge deal for me because trade shows are enormously expensive. I mean, you do trade show, you're you're talking about 10 grand Mm -hmm. just to freaking show your empty booth and like right. fill it up and you sit there for three days and you're like, is that worth it? Mm-hmm. Like, am I going to sell enough? And it was like really scary, but I did it. And it was worth it. And it was good. So you started doing trade shows yeah. and still selling direct to consumer. And yeah, I had to stop. I had to stop because Fred Siegel's like, dude, like girls are walking into our shop with your bags on. We're selling them for 150 and you're selling it to them for 40. Like I can't, we can't do this anymore. Right. So I had to shut that down. And that was like another, like, uh, I, I kid you not, another year of poverty. I was doing good, making money, paying my bills. And then the stores are like, you can't do that anymore or else we're not going to do business with you. Right. Like, God darn it. So then I had to <laughs> that business. 
And it took me really long. I had, you know, I'm used to being poor, so it was okay, you know, like top ramen and whatever, man. But like it, it all ended up working out. Now I own a house in LA, which is like a huge deal. Okay. So wait, you skip. All right. We're getting there. We're getting there. So your wholesale accounts were like, stop selling direct to consumer. Then w- tell me how your line expanded. How are you like, okay, I have three bags. Now what? Okay, this is good. So I did those three bags. Everybody and their brother bought them. I was in all these car museums and all over the world. I was Unbelievable. Doing really well. Um, doing well at all these places. So, oh my God, I was in Harrods, London. Like it was crazy. I'm like, gosh, you know, why doesn't everybody start this business? So easy, you know, <laughs> anyway, um, but it was also in the early 2000s where it was before the big um, financial. Yes. You know, you know, yes. Right? And anyway, so it, you can sell ice to an Eskimo back then. Then everybody did that stuff. Everybody did the car fabric bags. Right. And they're like, you know, you can't just keep doing the same thing. So the stores stopped buying from me. Like I wasn't like the hot thing anymore. And I'm like, oh my God, like I have a mortgage payment. Like right now, what am I going to do? Like, I can't, I have to make this work. Like I can't just do what I'm doing. I have to now do something else or add to it. So then that's when I started doing leather bags, leather belt. Like I actually didn't do belts for about five years, but I just had to change the thing. I had to give people a reason to come and buy from me. And it was like, now it's just like this upscale leather line. That's like really, it's really specific. It's what I do and it's, it's working and it's been working for me. And I've had stores now that I carried my line for like a decade, you know? So it's basically just having to change what I offer. Are you studying bag trends? Are you following bag trends? No, that's my key. I I seriously believe that the only reason I'm around is because I don't know what the hell anyone's doing. And I don't (laughs) want to know. I don't want to know. So like everybody's doing like the trends, right? They're like, oh, better read this fashion magazine. And I'm like, you know what? I don't even read fashion magazines. I don't, I don't even care. So what I do is I design just sort of like what I want, what I would wear. And it's what I hear from my buyers is that, oh my gosh, we always know you're going to have something completely different because I don't know what the heck's going on. All I know is what I'm doing. And I, I love small bags, so I don't do any big bags. I do what I know, which is small bags. I love clutches and I love belts. So now belts is like, has turned into like a really huge part of my line. So this is why I love your personality and I'm attracted to your personality because you are going out on your own and saying, this is what I like over here. If y'all want to buy it, great. If you don't, then I'll find something else, another way to eat, but I'm going to still keep doing this. I love that about you. It's so refreshing. And I guess it's that, you know, you definitely have that California, you know, type of attitude where you're dancing on the waves and you're going to the beat of your own drum. And it that part of your personality, it really shows, I think, in your product because it is authentically you. And it's nice that you're not changing who you are and you're not designing a product for X store because that's what they want. That's not your brand. You're right. you're designing according to who you are. And that to me is why I love small brands. And we love here at the Fashion Crimes Podcast to support women small brands because that to me is better than anything because then you create that relationship with people and that's why you're trading money for goods you want to know where that came from 
And now with the sustainability movement, can you speak to that? Can you tell us, is that a concern for you? You have a slow batch process. You're not, are you using a factory now? Or are you still doing everything by hand? Oh, no, I don't do anything anymore. The only time I do anything, I don't have time. I, I literally do not have time to do. I'm so busy and I'm, it's a blessing and it's a curse. Yes. I'm so busy that it's stressful. I, woke, I even last night, I woke up in the middle of the night going, Oh my God, Oh my God, like so much on my to-do list. And then it's just whatever. So I'm happy. I'm in business. I pay my bills in regards to sewing anything myself. No, no. So you do have a factory. Well, I don't know if you, this is the thing there's in LA, it's a very, very designer friendly city. I and mean, we've got a whole downtown that is full of fabric suppliers, leather suppliers, workers. For me, I feel like no matter how much work I have, there's people that want that work and that will do that work and do it well. So I have relationships with like a, a couple of people I love. Like I love my belt maker. I love one of my bag makers. Like they're my main people. But when I have too much work, guess what? There's like another 10 people I can go to. Everything's made locally because one thing I learned from working at my crazy fashion designer background was if you produce in a different country, there's no quality control. That stuff comes in and you are stuck with it. Correct. So this way, I can literally go to the shop and I can try it on and I'm like, oh my God, this is not working. Like we have to fix this and we can fix it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just working, you know, with my people. And is it more expensive to people who are considering making their own line or doing something like that? Like somebody who might be a young designer just starting out, is it more expensive to do it that way to work in your own city and find someone who will sew for you? Is it worth it? Do you think? I mean, I haven't had a problem. So I, but again, I I can only imagine if you're like in Iowa, which is where I was born, where like, are there any people back there out there? Like, and maybe in a city like that, like LA is a big city. There's a lot going on here in every, in every industry. And fashion is one of the bigger ones, but I, I don't know. I mean, All I know is my own story. I I can't imagine having to do what I did in Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you, girl. How does that work? I I hear you. I mean, it seems like LA is a great fit for you. Let's talk about who is the Kim White customer? Who do you see over and over again buying your product? Definitely an older customer like myself. (laughs) Like me. (laughs) Yeah, because like usually older women have money. They have jobs especially if you're older, you have your own style. You're not like looking to be like somebody you're not. And I feel like I have my, the customer is me basically. And it's somebody who, who likes good quality stuff, who likes novelty, also likes good basics, who likes color, who likes just something different and unique. And yeah, I mean, it's just me, you know, it's, it's what I would buy. And all of my stores I have to say I'm on, I'm in very nice boutiques kind of all over the country. I think I'm in like a hundred boutiques now. They cater to clients where I would shop. Okay. So it is a free flowing kind of woman out there getting her own vibe on. Maybe she has her own business. Maybe she doesn't, but someone who likes a little bit of edge and rock and roll. Cause that's what you seem like to me. Yeah. But I also do a lot of conservative stuff. Mm-hmm. I always say, <laughs> this is sort of my thing. My customer thinks they're cooler than they actually are. Oh, okay. Maybe more like me too, but <laughs> like, I feel like 
like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I love that, you know, crazy pink lightning bolt belt, belt. but you know what, I'm going to get the black one, you know, but like, it's just somebody who's a little bit adventurous, but uh, listen, I got to do a lot of basics. I do a lot of basics with just a tiny tweak, like all the super duper crazy stuff. My stores will buy a couple of that, but in general it's for, I don't want to say a conservative woman. It's just for an older woman who likes a little bit of oomph to her outfit or maybe a good party yeah for that definitely the party it means definitely when you walk in and you're like okay i've got like this crazy belt like my bird belt like i'm just showing you because it's yeah show it to me oh yeah we talked about that That, yes like i don't know if you can see it but love it love it like a black dress you just walk in and you have this like crazy like fun novelty thing and it's just like a little bit of what do you call that belt was it just bird bird belt and what is the price of that Uh, i think it's 165 and it's real leather I make the buckle myself and it's backed in suede leather. I also do like, I love color. I mean, I'll sell more black than anything, but I look at the blues. I mean, I'm doing blue. Like I love, that, I love that. You know, it's so funny because I just showed this in New York in September, sold a crap load of like burgundy and black come to LA in October. Everybody wants the, the blue. So like, it's just funny how the different um, coasts like do different things and definitely California does a ton of color. All right. So let's look at some of your bags. Can we see the lightning bolt bag? Tell us about that. Yes. Okay. So I did this for me and it's actually sort of an ode to the nineties when like designers like Betsy Johnson and all those, and I love New York and the seventies and whatever, and the (laughs) eighties. I just felt like, you know, not, I I'm actually what happened. I was at this Nick cave concert and this chick was wearing this bag and I'm like, what? And she's wearing a bag that wasn't this size. It was bigger. And I'm like, what the, what is that? You know? And so I go, can I take a photo of it? Anyway, so it was an inspiration from this bag that I saw at a Nick Cave concert. And, um, and then I actually want to make tote bags too, but this is in this, and look, it has a back pocket. So you don't have to open your bag to get your purse. Can we see the inside? Show us the inside. It's lined in burgundy canvas. Everything very I very nice. nice. Like really does it have a piece. chain too? It does. It has a strap. I mean, very nice. Touch or a strap. So this is just one of them, and this is a real novelty bag. And I didn't really expect to sell a lot, but some of my stores who bought it, they actually are selling it, and but they'll go larger into more of my conservative things, which is things like the baguette clutch. You know, it's really a cool shape. It looks kind of like very stylish but it's more of like a really great thing when you're going out and not so much like these crazy loud loud you know and how much is the the the, the how much is the lightning bolt bag uh these are i think are 275 and then hold up the hold up the other one how much is the other one um these ones are i think 175 and then open that so let's see the inside of that one yeah so this is leather here very nice beautiful heavy duty canvas so it doesn't rip I think of everything. And it really doesn't go out of style. It's very classic, but with an edge. Yeah. Oh, let me show you. This is one of the first bags I designed. I love this. I love this leather. It's like in a, it's a embossed pyramid, but I also make this ring. Okay. Really good shape. I love this shape because the size is perfect. You can kind of fill it up, but it still looks small. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is nice because you could unsnap it and then you have a wristlet. Look or at the, that. Yeah. And, you know, clutches, when you when us ladies go to the bathroom at, you know, at, at a restaurant, where do you put the clutch? You can hang it on the back of the bathroom door. 
Genius, then, I say. Genius. Genius. And then snap <laughs> it back and you just have a design detail. So, well, when I see somebody that looks really good, I go up to them and I go, I need to know about this. Okay. <laughs> I need to know about this and what's happening here. So, I understand that. Let's look at the gold bag right behind you with the. This um, is a silly bag. And th- this again was something like I had seen when I was out. I love watching people. I love doing it. I love to just see what people are up to. And I'm like, I saw somebody wearing something super similar and I'm like, that is such a dumb bag, but like, I love it. Like what? <laughs> Open like, it. Let's see. fit anything into it. But anyway, so I'm like, you know, I'm just going to like do one in my own way. And so I did this tiny little thing. I call it the mini ring wristlet. Okay. And you can basically, and I made mine big enough for a cell phone. So basically. Thank God out- for that. <laughs> You're going out for the night. You just drop your cell phone, right? Your lipstick, your money, your credit cards. Oh, I have a wallet. I want to show you too. But literally this is the perfect bag because it, it doesn't interrupt. I mean, I have this one fashion pet peeve, which, okay, which, which is what? Out at night, get rid of that big bag. You leave it in the car, leave it at home, whatever, leave it at the office. But like when you wear those big bags, when you're out at night, when the cute outfit, it's just like such a distraction. I, I have been preaching that. It's also part of my wardrobe list that a woman has to have three bags, a tote bag, which I call a boss bitch bag. Okay. You cannot walk around some busted ass bag to work, a regular size purse, and then a clutch. So don't be taking your fucking grandma purse out to the club, a party, whatever. Talk about sit around and watch people. I am the a very tough critic, but in a loving way, because I want you to look good. Okay. So I totally get that. I totally get that. I just, the other night, I don't know if you know that band L7. Yes. Like great girl, all girl punk band from the nineties. Anyway, they did a 30 year anniversary tour. Anyway, me and my friend went and, um, and of course I'm just checking out the, the audience. Cause it was so cool. There's people in like, I saw Billy Idol was there. Um, no, yeah. And, um, there was like a bunch of Remember when people did their hair, like, you know, what was this called? Mohawk, Mohawk. Mohawk. There was just a lot of good fashion, right? And it was like all age groups, like mine that saw them in the 90s. Yeah. But then a bunch of kids that are just like totally into them again. But anyway, so we're just like checking out everybody's like outfits and stuff. And I, oh God, it's way too many girls with big bags. I'm just like sad. I just, (laughs) I did. I kind of wanted to go up to them and be like, you wanted to set up a booth. You wanted to set up a booth. Speaking of punk bands, we used to go see Guar. Oh my I God, I've seen Guar. I've seen Guar. I can't even tell you. Like, I'm embarrassed how many times I've seen them. I've seen Guar. I've seen, like, Corn. I've never been to Corn, but Corn is making a comeback for this generation, I think. I don't know if it's the same people, but... I, you know, I went through that phase too. So I, I totally, I totally feel you, but I have a funny story. What I went to one of my contractors and his son was wearing an agent orange t-shirt, which was a mm-hmm. punk band in the eighties. And I'm like, Hey, I used to date the drummer for like five years of that band. He's like, no way. And I'm like, <laughs> I know all those guys. And he's like, he looked at me like you dork, you know, cause I know I don't look good when I'm working. I just literally, I don't even wear makeup. I wear crappy t-shirts and jeans. And he's just like, he probably thinks I'm some soccer mom or something. <laughs> and he's like, you? Anyway, it's very funny. Very funny. Yeah, there's a whole new generation of kids that are like, oh, by the way, can I just say, it's because of these kids that I started bringing back a lot of the 80s and 90s belts. I have to show you my pyramid stud belt. Remember these? Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. I know. I'm bringing them back, but like in, a, in an upscale way with better leathers and stuff. And 
Yeah, just I'm doing a lot of like 80s and 90s, you know, heavy kind of. That's the trend right now. Everyone. You mean other people are doing it? <laughs> it's new. Well, it's new for this generation of people that right. have never seen it before. It was new for us when we were coming up. Believe me, people have seen it before then too. But like the baby doll shoes and the platform, sh- all that stuff, the clueless movement, right. all of that shit is back in now. So you are following a trend, but in a very indiscreet, indis- nondescript way, because that's what people are looking for because they want the fashion cycle runs on 20 years, 20 to 30 years. So what was popular 30 years ago is popular now. So you're right on target. You're right on target. And I, and I personally love it and I never outgrew it. I'm still wearing the black eyeliner. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, totally. I I, I've been watching these makeup videos, like how to make your eyes look bigger. I'm like, Oh yeah. Sign me up for that. I need that. But it's funny because the core of who you were as a teenager, you know, and a young person coming up, you know, that still shows through with the essence of your product because it's not something that it's ageless is what I'm trying to say. It's ageless. Anyone of any age can use your product and you don't want to worry about sizing. So, you know, you're just doing accessories. So what's next for you? You want to do a tote bag and what else do you want to do? Yeah, I, uh, I, I have already done a, a tote bag. Where is it? I don't even know where it is at this point, but oh, here it is. Wait, I'm not totally done designing it, but it's See the lightning Ooh, I love it. Oh my God. I love Big it. Pocket, a different co- color pocket. Totally love it. A place to hang your key. So this is kind of like the first one. And then I'm going to kind of figure out colors and stuff now. Dying for that. Dying. <laughs> dying. I always feel like sometimes tote bags weigh a lot. I want my tote bags to weigh nothing. Like I love this one. It's just okay. Kind of the super soft leather that has a smoky silver metallic over it. Right, so right, right. But it weighs like, I don't even think it weighs a pound. Amazing. I love so it. Like a nice so everyday bag. And do you, when you go out, do you get compliments? Like, where'd you get your bag? You're like, oh, I made it. <laughs> oh gosh. No, not, you know, it's funny. No, but every once in a while I spot mine on other people. And then wow, I'll that's amazing. I don't really like go out going like, oh, I better go. I better go represent, you know, I, I kind of just go out with just not really thinking about my business so much, you know, (laughs) look, you're a good influence on me. I'm like constantly like, what can I do next? What, what's next for me? What should I be doing that I'm not doing? You know, you're really just authentically designing. It comes from your heart. It's a great price point. It's such a great price point that we've included you in the fashion crimes podcast gift guide this year. We're so excited you will be giving away a bag. We're not sure which bag yet, but we're going to be giving away a bag. And we are so happy and grateful that we got a chance to meet you and become friends with you. And I want to know, how can people find you if they want to see what you're doing or check out your social media? Well, the social media, I'm not really good at, but I am... (laughs) I am trying better, but I do have, and I think all the really nice pictures are on there. Um, I also have a website. So yes, what's your website? It's Kim white handbags.com. And then my Insta is Kim white bags belts. And then it's just usually when on the Instagram, I'll do what's coming. So people can really see like, Oh, what's coming. And it's just, I kind of try to document the, the things that I'm going to be that are going to be in stores coming up, but basically I, I'm not a big uh, poster. I maybe post, <laughs> I should be doing this more, maybe once a month, but um, my stores post a lot. And so because I'm a wholesaler, although you can buy on my website, right? Of course. Um, definitely. I love it. It's full retail, but 
but my, my stores, I don't compete with them. That's my main bread and butter. That's 95% of my business, maybe even 99% of my business. So I let them do all the marketing and let them get all the retail sales. And that works for both of us. Well, I think that's a great idea. You're not so hung up on posting, posting, posting all the time. I hear you. And you know, you really don't need to because you're in so many boutiques. Are most of your boutiques in California or are they all over the U.S.? They're all over the U.S. Awesome. All over and like every state. I, I think I'm not in Alaska right now, but I've even been in Alaska. You know, just nice boutiques. And the thing is, I do a really nice trade show that's very high end. And so the stores that come to that show, and it's the only show I do, it's called Designers and Agents. And the buyers that come to that to that show, they don't even ask the prices. I mean, they just, they're upscale boutiques. They're looking for what they know they can sell. And that's my customer. And it's a good fit for me, how I get them. And and I've had, I've had customers since, God, I think my longest one is a store in Park City, Utah, Mary Jane's. We've been doing this since 03. We, it was, it's just funny. I've had a lot of like long-term wholesale accounts. Well, we are so excited for you. We're excited to know you. We can't wait to support you. We can't wait to see who wins your prize and create all of this movement and buzz about Kim White handbags because we love it. We love the price point. We love the sustainability aspect of it. And we love that it is a female entrepreneur, small owned brand. Yes, that is what we love. So thank you so much for joining us this week. We are so happy to know you. Will you come back? In the spring. Yeah, for okay. sure. Because yeah, we yeah. want to see what you're designing for the spring. We're going to do a Mother's Day thing. We're going to do an all over whatever kind of mom you are, your cat mom, dog mom, person mom. You know, we're going to do a big thing for Mother's Day. But I want to thank you so much for joining us. And we are so happy to know you. We have had Kim White handbags on today. Please, please, if this is your first time joining us, go to the Fashion Crimes Podcast website and drop your name in the pop-up box. Tell everyone you know about Kim White, anyone who's looking for a bag, interested in a bag, and what a fabulous gift idea for this holiday season. This has been the Fashion Crimes Podcast. I am Holly Cates, your favorite personal stylist, the hostess with the mostest, and as always, the only Holly you need to know. We've got so much great shit coming up, what to wear for New Year's. We've got brand new designers, small business owned by female entrepreneurs is what we love. Please keep listening every Friday. We got a new episode and sign up for our newsletter. Thank you so much for listening and we are out.